think it's a really interesting challenge to be provocative but respectful, to create curiosity without being clickbait, and to really think about does the rest of your post or the piece of content that you're sharing, if you're sharing a, an attached piece of content, does it deliver on the promise that you make in that opening line? And if it consistently does, then you're training people to trust you and to engage with you. Welcome to the Grounded Content Podcast. This is the third take of my open. I guess maybe I'm trying to make it too perfect, but I want to make sure that I grab your attention and I let you know about the great stuff that's coming and let you know why this podcast episode and why this series is interesting and valuable to you. And I want to get it right. So today's guest is Steve Watt. But before I get into today's guest, I want to talk about the show in general. Grounded Content is really designed for you. You are a content creator. Whether you're creating social media posts, YouTube videos, you're a writer, a photographer, whatever that creative thing is that you make, if you're a professional at it, you have goals you need to achieve, you need that content to be effective, to work for you, to achieve your goals. And you need to harness that creativity in a way that's useful. We have deadlines, we have specs and requirements we have to meet, but we also still need to be in touch with that creative side. And of course, the one thing that makes this conversation, I think, different from some of the other marketing conversations is we include this whole idea of being human and being ethical as we come up with our marketing strategy. So now to today's guest. Today's guest is Steve Watt, and he attracted my attention on LinkedIn because his posts were all of that. They were human, they were real, and they were also effective. He's generated a good, solid following on LinkedIn, and he's using those posts in a smart way to support his business. He's the marketing director of Seismic. And in this episode, he talks about how he advises the entire team at his company to be a part of the marketing process by being active on LinkedIn. He talks about the guidance he gives them and also the reasons that he believes it's beneficial both for the company and for the employees themselves. He also talks about what he thinks makes an effective post and also what makes him roll his eyes and cringe. Before we start, I have one small favor to ask of you. If you like this episode, tell one friend about it. So welcome to Grounded Content. Today, I'm here with Steve Watt, and Steve is the marketing director of Seismic. And the way that I know Steve is from his content on LinkedIn. In fact, I think if I'm right, we literally met on LinkedIn. Is that right? That's right, Marion. Uh, we are LinkedIn buddies, and this is actually our first time putting a moving image and a voice to it instead of just LinkedIn exchanges. But we've had some good exchanges on LinkedIn. Yeah, we weren't introduced by anyone or anything. I think I just saw some of your stuff and found it so refreshing and insightful that I reached out. Is that right? Thank you. And yeah, and, and <laughs> you know, the, the, that's something that I'm just so passionate about. And I believe is such an untapped opportunity for people to do. Like, I love the fact that you were reading what I wrote and you liked it. But even more, I love the fact that you engaged in the comments and we had some back and forth. And then at some point you reached out and we had some back and forth in the messaging. I mean, this like formation of new relationships and sparking of conversations is such a massive opportunity. And yeah, that's exactly how it played out with us. Now, this is kind of interesting for me because I didn't know anything about Seismic. And I looked it up and it's a sales enablement platform. 
And it looks like it does a lot with AI and kind of picking the effective content, which is so interesting to me because you are really all about kind of humanizing and real organic human connection. I'm sure there's not a conflict, but at first glance, those look like two different takes on things. That's a really interesting thing. And I think that's really interesting. And I don't have a formulated answer for that because honestly, that's the first time someone's asked me that. But I think that what appears potentially conflicting on the surface actually isn't. I mean, what Seismic is really doing is bringing technology to the salesperson and to the sales team to enable them to better engage with the human beings that they are in a sales process with. You don't have access to the right content at the right time and always be able to add value in a sales process. And I talk a lot, as you said, about humanizing the way we sell and the way we market and the way we buy in specifically on social media and even more specifically on LinkedIn. And I mean, in order to do that, you got to show up and speak up and you better have something valuable to share and you better be ready to engage with other human beings. So I think that Seismic is really providing a lot of the technology backbone that enables humans to then be human. Well, I guess that's the follow-up question, right? Is your content is, for me as a reader, I'm probably never going to be a customer, but I find it very interesting. I find it insightful, again, very human. How sort of strategic and tactical is it in terms of a business goal? And how much are you just sort of saying like, look, this is what I'm thinking about. I think it's an important conversation to have. Let's have this conversation. It's a really nice marrying of personal passion and personal mission with something that also does forward the interests of my employer. And I'm very fortunate that those two things actually come together. And I know that a lot of people are not as fortunate to have that, but I cared a whole lot about LinkedIn and about humanizing business and different approaches to selling and different approaches to marketing long before I worked for Seismic. I mean, first and foremost, it really is coming from the heart. It's like, I see my friends, I see my colleagues, I see my former colleagues who could be doing so much more for their careers and for their small businesses, their large businesses, what have you, by really showing up and speaking up on social. So there's a whole lot of really authentic, like, come on, let's do this. But then also, the more I can help to shape mindsets and shape the way others think about this, well, that creates a great opportunity for Seismic's products to come in and find very motivated, willing buyers. So let's talk about this. So you're speaking to these friends of yours that could be, you know, getting so much more benefit how would you explain that to them? Why should they be putting stuff out there on LinkedIn? I mean, we all have something we're trying to accomplish, right? Some people are looking for a job, looking for a new job. Others are trying to move up in their organization. Others are trying to build a small business. Others are trying to advocate for what their large business does. I mean, we all want something. We're all doing something. And we all care a lot about it, know a lot about it, talk a lot about it in meetings and phone calls and write about it in emails. And it's just saying, okay, how can I package some of that expertise and some of that passion in a more public facing way? 
Why? Well, it's going to make me look good. It's going to make my company look good. It's going to draw people towards me and towards us. You know, I firmly believe that you've got a marketing landscape where there's diminishing marginal returns on inbound marketing because everybody's blogging and all this kind of stuff. And there's like massive amounts of content out there. You've got an outbound selling landscape that's extremely noisy and people are just inundated with emails and in-mails and connection requests. And then you've got this other opportunity to just actually show up and share information and insight and do it publicly, solve problems out loud, deliver insight without expectation of immediate return. And hardly anyone's doing it or doing it consistently at an individual level or at a company level. And when you do that, you start to make yourself and your company a magnet for opportunities. So back to we all have something we want. If you're looking for that next great job, well, why not start actively engaging and sharing what you know about your industry and your profession in a way that attracts the people who are going to hire you. And if you're in a a sales role, well, this is how you attract high intent prospects who are going to come in already kind of liking and respecting and knowing what you and your company are all about. And you don't have to hunt them so relentlessly on email and everything else. So, I mean, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish in your career or in your business, there is almost certainly an advantage to be had if you embrace social in a really authentic way. If I listen to what you just put forward, 100%, the whole inbound thing, SEO is changing, search is changing. It's so crowded. It's very hard to win that game. Same with the outbound. Like we are all inundated. So I love the idea that there's this space, but I think a lot of companies and marketing directors might still say, I get it. I hear you that there's space, but is this really effective? Yeah, I think a lot of people in a lot of companies are held back by old mindsets and old metrics. And I think one thing that is a real problem in most marketers and most marketing organizations is this absolute obsession with measurement. And I'm not saying that measurement isn't important. But I believe that good measurement is necessary, but not sufficient. And I think that so many great ideas and great opportunities get squashed or abandoned because they're not easily measurable in a transactional way. I mean, if people are listening to me on this podcast and that draws them towards seismic, we're going to have a really hard time measuring that. I mean, what are we going to think? Well, we're going to give credit to Google because they did a search for seismic or we're going to give credit to something else. I mean, the desire to be able to have this bulletproof attribution, I think it takes us away from things like podcasting and videos and, you know, really nurturing relationships and word of mouth and all this kind of stuff. And it drives us towards very transactional things. And I think that's a mistake. I think that there are some things you just got to let go a little bit of the measurement and do them because in your heart, you believe that they're good. And the way I look at this, all the stuff, all the podcasting I do, all the social media I do, all the conference speaking I do is like, even if it doesn't build the business at all, 
I learn something. I meet people. I get a little bit better at enunciating my message and my company's message every time. Just a little bit better. So that's the win in itself. And then if it leads to word of mouth, it leads to growing my reputation and my company's reputation. It leads to a sense that we've had a lot of people, as more and more of my seismic colleagues have begun to get really good and really active on LinkedIn, so many of us have heard similar comments from friends and customers and prospects and partners saying like, there's something going on over there. You guys are everywhere. Everywhere I turn, I see you people and you're doing good things and you're saying smart things and you're really engaging. Like, it's really interesting. Are we really able to measure that? Not particularly well, but we know it's true. That's so interesting. I love this idea as a marketing director. Really, it sounds like what you're doing is you're using your colleagues as an amplification tool, a massive amplification tool, but you're able to do it in a very convincing and human way. Yes. And I think you actually hit on a critical mistake that a lot of companies are doing. They're using their people to amplify their message. And what that means is, hey, everybody share our corporate content. Hey, we just won an award for best places to work. Hey, we're hiring. Hey, our CEO was interviewed in the news. And it's all like us, us, us all the time. And they're sending out emails to all their people every Monday morning saying, share this stuff. And they're using employee advocacy tools that put all this content at their people's disposal and then incentivize them to share it. But all they're doing is they're just, instead of having one big advertising voice, now they're having hundreds of small advertising voices, but they're still just advertising. They're not engaging. They're not building relationships. They're not sparking conversations. They're just advertising. So what we are really attempting to do is be much more human, much more authentic. And yes, we talk about our company sometimes. Of course we do. But that's the small minority of the content we share and the small minority of the posts that we write are like, hey, look what we sell. The vast majority is way more audience-centric, way more client-centric, way more buyer-centric. And that's how you build engagement and that's how you build trust. And if you get a whole lot of people in your company doing it, that's how you build trust at scale. And that's hard to measure again, but it's a really powerful competitive advantage. So how do you coach those employees at this company, especially, you know, maybe there's somebody in HR, there's somebody in accounting. It's easy if they're in sales or they're in marketing or even if they're developing the product because they know the product and believe in it. But some of those other positions, what kind of instruction or what kind of guidance do you give them so that they understand what that kind of blend of humanness and effectiveness is? Yeah, it's not easy. and. It doesn't happen quick. And I firmly believe it has to be all carrot and no stick. You can't be like, you have to do this. <laughs> it's not going to happen. And if it does happen, it's not going to be authentic. It's got to be because people want to do it. And so I always, always, always start with why. And I start with a whole lot of advocating for all the kind of stuff that we're talking about here. Advocating for the opportunity for you as an individual to enhance your career advocating for the opportunity for us collectively as an organization to build trust and accelerate our growth and try to dispel a lot of myths that people have that activity on social is inherently self-promotional and very narcissistic, almost like some people have the 
belief that if you're out there on social, you must just always be kind of beating your own chest and talking about how great you are. And it's like, if that's what you're doing, you're doing it wrong. Nobody wants to listen to you if that's what you're doing. It's about being audience-centric and buyer-centric and customer-centric. So one thing I do is six times a week, I run an optional workshop for my peers. And every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, morning and afternoon, six times a week, Sometimes a lot of people come. Sometimes hardly anybody comes. It's okay. I'm there anyways. If I talk to one person that day, that's great. If I talk to 10, even better. And we come together and we problem solve and we share things we're learning and we help each other over hurdles that may be holding us back. So, I mean, there's little things like that. We've also got some really nice competition, like friendly competition going on within the firm where as people are getting posts that really kind of blow up, they're taking a victory lap around around the office, you know, metaphorically, I guess, in terms of emails and, and so forth. So we really celebrate each other. I mean, this is very much a collaborative process. It's an interesting balance. It's our individual voices, but the real win happens collectively. And that's why we really work together to really help and inspire each other. So what kind of guidance do you give in these workshops? Well, it's everything from LinkedIn etiquette. It's how to write better posts, how to choose better content to share when you're sharing content from third-party news sources, how to set it up better in the posts, like how you create curiosity with your comments, you know, the power of taking a stand when it's better to create curiosity or when it's better to take a stand. We talk about comments that if you are just a broadcaster, you're going to struggle that it's so important to get out there and comment on other people's posts and, and not those zero calorie, you know, like spot on nice post. Like nobody cares. I think somebody at some point told people you should comment 10 times a day or 20 times a day. So there's people out there saying, okay, I'm going to do it all in three minutes. So they just just, uh, the flame emoji, right? (laughs) Yeah. You know, I would rather that you comment once or twice a day and you actually have something to say rather than 10 times a day and have nothing to say. Right. And so it's talking about all those things and more. You talk about when should somebody build curiosity into their post and when should somebody take a stand as a post? And I'm really interested to know when should you do each of those? Okay. So I think the two things that drive engagement are curiosity and point of view. And a lot of people make the mistake of having neither. And it's like, here's a piece of content. Like, okay. Well, you know, there's, there's no shortage of content in the world. You know, I don't really need you just going. Here's a thing in the New York Times, right? Why did you share it? Why do you care? What is it? And so if you want to drive a lot of clicks to something, well, you want to create some curiosity about it. If you want to drive a lot of likes and comments, take a stand. If you want to really create a conversation, do both. And, you know, some messages are better geared towards curiosity. Others are better geared towards perspective and taking a stand. Sometimes they come together beautifully. But, and this is a really important, but don't be clickbait, right? I like, I hate those posts where like, you know, it's like, I almost died. And then there's like six blank lines. I was just going to ask you that, right? The one where it has like the first sentence is just like built to make you open the rest. And it's got the fingers pointing down and you, you, you know. I personally hate the tricks or hacks or whatever you want to call them. That's one of them. 
or the artificial inducing of commenting. Like, I've got this really valuable thing to share, so comment, yes please, in the comments, and then I'll send it to you because I feel manipulated as a reader. I know what you're doing. I know you're trying to drive a bunch of comments. You're trying to gather a bunch of people who then you can market to later. And I feel manipulated and I don't like it. And I don't ever want to be that guy. And I don't ever want to encourage my colleagues to be that guy. What I far prefer to do is skip the tricks, skip the hacks, deliver real value, but do it in an interesting way. Do it in a way that legitimately creates some curiosity. Do it in a way that legitimately takes a stand. Do it in a way that hopefully does lead to a bunch of comments and a great conversation. But you didn't artificially manufacture that. So yeah, I never do those posts. The like, I almost died, eight blank spaces. And then, well, no, not really. But let me tell you how I sell software. You know, like it's like, no, no. I was working with a colleague of mine a few days ago and he was writing a post on lessons he learned as formerly a professional athlete and he's now a technology salesperson. And he was writing a post about things that he learned in his world of elite athletics and how that makes him a better salesperson. And it was a really good post, but I kept pushing back on his first line. He had come to me for help and said, can you give me your thoughts on this. And I said, well, I love your post, but I hate your first line because it's not creating any curiosity and you're not taking a stand. Can you tell us what the first line was and what you changed it to? Uh, I wish I had it in front of me. So his first line was something about, you know, there's a long history of athletes doing well in sales, something like that. I'm like, yeah, it's true, but okay. You didn't spark curiosity and you didn't take a stand. So what I challenged him to change it to something like everyone knows that athletes perform well in sales, but they miss the most important reason why. And then that wasn't clickbait because that was actually the whole purpose of his post was that it's not about the competitive nature. It's not about the intense training. It's about the teamwork and that modern selling, modern enterprise selling in particular is very much a team sport. And I know it's seismic. I mean, our typical deals, there might be 10 or 20 people on our side involved in bringing that new customer into the fold. And that's what his post was about. So by setting it up better with like, yeah, we all know this, but we miss the most important thing. That made for a much more compelling first line. And then when he did post it, it kind of blew up and he had a fantastic run with that post. I think much more so than he would have if he went with a bit of a blah first line. Yeah, I would have been more likely to read it. Curiosity, sure. right? Curiosity. I need to know. You know, you are promising me something here. Now, you're promising me that you're going to go beyond cliches and truisms and blah, blah, blah. So you have my attention. Now you better pay off, right? You better now deliver it. Yeah. So, what are some other ways that you help people kind of build that curiosity into a post? Well, I mean, I think it's Andrew Davis who does some great work around this and he calls it the curiosity gap. And it's the distance between what I don't know and what I very much now need to know. And as long as you authentically pay off on that curiosity gap so that people don't feel manipulated. I mean, that's why clickbait is such a negative term is because there's nothing wrong with the first part of clickbait, the creating of the curiosity, the failure 
is in the failure to pay off. And it's like, I mean, taken to its worst extreme, you see these things with like a picture of a celebrity and it says something about you won't believe who died or whatever. And it's not the person in that photo. They like outright manipulated you, but they don't care because all they want is clicks for advertising sales. Which is interesting too, because how valuable are those advertising clicks actually, right? Everybody's getting scammed, including the advertisers. Yeah. I guess if there's enough of those clicks, somebody's monetizing them. But if you are in the business of wanting to build trust and reputation, you better not do that. So I think it's a really interesting challenge to be provocative, but respectful, to create curiosity without being clickbait and to really think about does the rest of your post or the piece of content that you're sharing, if you're sharing an attached piece of content, does it deliver on the promise that you make in that opening line? And if it consistently does, then you're training people to trust you and to engage with you. And if you violate that trust, you can lose them pretty quick. You know, you have a couple of really low energy posts or kind of manipulative posts. The next time they see you in their feed, they're just going to scroll right on by. So in building that curiosity or that point of view, do you think controversial point of view is important? I think when done right, just like curiosity when done right, I think taking a provocative stand done right is really important because, you know, if I'm scrolling through my LinkedIn feed, obviously I'm scrolling past the majority of things. I'm only going to read something. So why do I choose to read your post instead of somebody? Well, maybe because of you, because in the past you've delivered the goods. So I trust that you're going to deliver the goods again. So there are some people, well, where they have built that level of trust and reputation that you'll read anything they post, regardless of what those opening lines are up until the time that they ever betray that trust. But for others where they don't have that cachet, it really is, what are they saying in that first thing? And I read a lot of content about modern selling and modern marketing. And if that first line makes me think this is just going to be ho-hum, whatever, then why would I waste my time reading it? So if you take something that's an established truth within your industry or within your profession and you rail against it and you can back it up what you're saying, that can be very provocative. And it can not only get you a lot of engagement because a lot of people agree with you, others will disagree with you, and then you have like a really interesting thing, but it also starts to pull the right kind of people towards you. I mean, if you're going to say, look, I think that marketers are making a mistake by doing X, Y, and Z and that they should do A and B instead. Well, the very people who are going to lean into that are probably the ones that you want to be your customers or your partners or whatever it is. So yeah, always be respectful, always back it up. Don't try to create controversy for controversy's sake, but just like curiosity done right, I think that perspective and taking a stand done right is critical. So if I were a marketing director and I came to you and I said, Steve, I need to coach my colleagues. Are there three like tips that I could give them to really help the company with their presence online? I think that's, it's, t- <laughs> it's about a hundred of them. So it's hard to distill down. How about five? Let, let me do my best. <laughs> let me see on the fly if I can kind of Ten? compartmentalize I'll, t- I'll take what them. you get. Well, no, let's start with mindsets. I think that the most important thing you can do is help them to see LinkedIn differently and see social media differently. 
a lot of people still see it as the place you go every few years when you need a job. So if I'm active on LinkedIn, I'm updating my profile and I'm engaging in conversations. Does my boss think that means I'm looking for a new job? Uh Oh, I better not do that. So, you know, you need to change people's mindsets that LinkedIn is the greatest ongoing business conversation the world has ever seen. And your customers are there, your prospects are there, your partners are there, and your competitors are there. So if you sit this out, you're not doing yourself or your company any favors. You got to change that mindset first and foremost. I think the other piece of the mindset you got to change is that it's best not approached as an advertising channel and much more as a conversation channel. So I really think that nothing else is going to fall into place unless you can get people over that hump. Then I guess beyond that, it's encouraging people to take small steps and not think that this is a all or nothing kind of thing that you got to fancy yourself some big social media influencer and commit to posting every day and all this kind of stuff. It's either that or nothing. Well, no, no. Start with small steps. Improve your profile. Most people's profiles are awful. They're LinkedIn profiles. They're like their resumes. You know, are you looking for a job or are you advocating for your company and your profession and your career? So first thing, just fix your profile and make it much more audience centric And salespeople are the worst at this, right? Their profiles will be like, you know, achieved quota nine quarters in a row, you know, president's club, 162%. And it's the worst thing you can ever do as a salesperson because any prospective client is just going to look at that and go like, okay, this guy- Well, you're speaking to the wrong audience, right? You're speaking to the guy that's hiring you, not the person that's buying from you. Yeah, And if I'm about to go into a conversation with a salesperson and I see that on his or her profile, I know that all they care about is extracting money from me, right? That's so different than someone who talks about the kinds of problems they solve and who they help and why it means so much to them to be able to have a really big impact in their client organizations and stuff like that. Authentically, authentically done. That's so much better. So fix your profile would be the first thing. And then just get out there and start commenting. Read some stuff and comment on it. So many great posts start with a comment on something else. And then another small step is share some third-party content. You know, get beyond sharing your company's blog and your company's awards. And I mean, hopefully you read stuff about your industry and your profession. I mean, like it's part of being a modern professional is you got to always be learning. So I hope you're reading stuff anyway. Well, share some of that and comment and say why you're sharing it. Don't just go, there it is. But like, I'm sharing this article because I believe it hits on a really important thing that a lot of people in my role are missing. Like, share that. So that would be it. So get the mindsets changed and then take some concrete small steps. I think everything else starts to fall in place after that. So my recap is mindset shift, which is one, you should be there. And two, you should be conversational while you're there. And then the small steps. And that was number one, your profile, right? Update your profile and make sure you're speaking to the right people. And two, just start commenting. And then three, if you're not ready to write your own stuff, start to share third-party information, not just those of your company, and do it with your own insights added. And I'm going to push you a little bit more when they do start to write their own posts. A little bit of advice there. Yeah, that's a big hump for a lot of people to get over. It's really interesting. 
they stress a whole lot. The first time they post that first fully authored thing is a high stress moment for a lot of people. And there's so many fears going on in them. Olga, you know, what if nobody sees it? What if nobody cares? And then probably even worse, what if they do see it and they hate it? You know, and so there's all these talk tracks going on in people's minds. So I think just don't overthink it. I mean, it is funny to me how many people you could call them into a meeting unexpectedly and say, hey, I need you to tell that story about that thing we were talking about yesterday. They do it, right? Or you could be at a social gathering and you pull them over to a group of people and say, tell that story and they do it, right? But when you say, type it out and click send on LinkedIn, all of a sudden they seize up. So, you know, don't overthink it. I mean, (laughs) write the way you speak, be human, be authentic, deliver some kind of value, have something intelligent and interesting to say, and then just push it out there. Like really, it'll feel really awkward and hard the first couple of times. And it gets so easy after that. I mean, it's funny how easy it gets. I was watching the hockey game the other night and the commentator, he said, well, they used to be a run and gun offense and they had to learn how to defend before they could win a Stanley Cup. And I thought, well, that sounds like a lot of software companies, doesn't it? They're all about offense, no defense. They're all about acquisition. They don't care enough about retention. I typed that up during the commercial and hit send. You know, like it becomes that easy. It was something that Chris Brogan said when I interviewed him last week. And he said one of the best ways to get sort of insights or innovate is to take an idea from one area of your life and bring it into another. And it's exactly what you're talking about totally there, right? Totally agree. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny how unnatural that can be at first and then how easy it gets. Another thing I always recommend to people, and I do this, is I've got my little Google sheet of half-baked ideas. And you know, inspiration hits you at the most inopportune times. I mean, literally, some of my ideas come in the shower like they do for all of us, right? Or in that one minute downtime between back-to-back meetings. Well, you're not going to write that post. And if you don't take a note, you're probably going to forget. So I just pop little one-liners. I pop links. I pop totally badly formulated ideas into that. And then I go on with my day. And then maybe on the weekend or sometime when I've got a little bit of downtime, I go in there and it's like, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. Maybe I can connect this and this and this other thing here. And I got myself a post. So that would be another thing is look for those little cross-pollinated ideas. But it doesn't mean that you have to sit there for 20 minutes and write the post in the moment when it occurs to you. But do note it or you'll most likely forget. So, Steve, this has been so fun. And I want to respect your time because we're, of course, have gone on forever. So instead of asking you any more follow-up questions, I'm just going to ask you for parting words of wisdom. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like I have talked your ear off and, and our listeners' ears off already, Marion, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And yeah, I mean, there's a huge opportunity in social. Go get it. Go get it. It's a huge opportunity for you as an individual and for your company. Most people and most companies aren't doing it. So go get it. Thanks for listening. Did you learn anything from Steve? Because I did. In fact, those are some of the same things we talk about when we design a podcast open, building curiosity and 
providing value to your listener, to your audience. So I'll ask you one more time. If you like this episode, please tell one friend about it, whether you send them a note, tell them about it over coffee, or post it on your social media. And if you want to get bonus points, send me a note and let me know what you learned. I'll see you next time.